When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Gabby Reese Show. It's all an experiment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. I had the best conversation with Sergey Young. I mean, if we could all be born this positive. <laughs> he wants you and himself to live to be 200 years. He has a book coming out next year called The Science and Technology, very important technology, of growing young. We get into all the three horizons that he's created for what we can do now to help stay young, what might be coming in about five to 10 years and what will be coming beyond. And you know that has to do with avatars and of course, let's not forget flying to Mars. He works with the XPRIZE group. He has a longevity vision fund that they invest solely in things in technology for longevity. He's positive, he's informative, he's inspiring, and I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Okay, Sergey Young, you're looking so dapper coming. Look at this. You're like a pro tech, uh, you know, you're like a professional technology person now, six months in Corona and you've uh, dialed in your system better than anyone I've talked to. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Thank you. Thanks, Gabby. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Are you, so you're in London at the moment and you yeah. were quarantining. Did you quarantine only in London or were you also in Russia? Uh, yeah, so I, I was, you know, going back and forth between London and Russia. Mm-hmm. So this switching cost is two weeks for you now. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, it's just, look, I mean, obviously, you know, quarantine and lockdown is, is pretty bad time for all of us. But the opportunity to rediscover yourself, to be comfortable just living on your own, you know, reflecting was enormous. So, you know, I you know, finally finished the book, which is going to be published uh, summer next year, called The Science and Technology of Growing Young. And I've done like 50 interviews with one of the greatest longevity and technology minds all over the world. The last one was with uh, Peter Jackson, mm-hmm. the one behind Success of Hobbit and... Uh, Lord of the Ring and other ones. Amazing opportunity. Well, every, everybody, I saw that your book's coming out. It's like 300 days or something. But I thought yeah. it was funny because I, I thought to myself, well, Corona is a good thing in that one small way. I was like, he's definitely gotten his book done because, you know, sitting and doing a book is, is, exactly. is a lot of work. And the science and technology of growing young, I think everybody, you know, wants to talk about that. So let's, let's dive right in. 
I live in a household that we come from, a, you know, the portal of, of sport and, you know, tension on the system and, yeah. and trying yeah. to do the things by, and you talk a lot about this in your horizons. And mm-hmm. I, I, I really want to get into this, like that the things, yeah. well, first let's establish, you're really interested in bringing, you know, affordable longevity programs um, yeah. to, you say a billion people, but maybe it's yeah. more, who knows? I mean, why not? Yeah. And you have a fund, you have a vision. where you're investing in these technologies, companies that are doing these sorts of things. So just, you know, to remind people, but you you have a background in chemical engineering. What is it exactly? Like how did, how did you you get here? Okay, perfect. Uh, I'll just take it off. Yeah, let's let's make it schedule. Where do I start? I was born in far east of Russia, actually on the other side of Pacific Ocean. My home, and I always, yeah, I'm always joking that it was, you know, I was born not in the middle of nowhere, but like in the end of nowhere. My hometown, like 15,000 people, was closer to Japan, across Japanese sea, like 200 miles. And I got like, I need to drive like 300 miles to regional capital. So it was like really far away. So then I moved to Moscow and this is where I get my first degree was chemical engineering. Then I've done banking and insurance, and then I've done business administration in in UK. Well, this is my where my UK story started. But you know, the funny thing is that you know all these degrees were very helpful in turning me on on longevity, human health, and and sharing the best of me and and my resources with uh, many many people. So. I think it was five or six years ago, I've done my blood test and they were like, oh, Sergey, you have high cholesterol level. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, just give me some pills. You remember, we all, the outcome of, you know, our current state of medicine, which is very reactive, symptomatic, like drugs driven. And they were, okay, well, here's the, you know, here's the pill. And I'm like, oh, this is for one month, you know, two months, three months. And they're like, no, 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 it's for the rest of your life. And I'm like, oh my God. And for me, you know, it was like a first wake up call that my life is beginning, you know, to end. I know it sounds a little bit dramatic, but so I quickly Google and, and this is where my, you know, chemical engineering degree came out that I realized these substances, if you put them inside your body every day in the course of, you know, this time I thought another 40 years. Right now, I believe it's another 152 years. So, I mean, that's, they can be very dangerous. Then my second hat of, you know, finance and, you know, banking and insurance, I quickly realized that this statin was second largest revenue driver for this pharmaceutical company. So I realized they were just waiting for my sign off on making this decision. And I asked, like, what's the alternative? And they said, well, just change your lifestyle, change your diet, take omega-3 supplements. And I would just, you know, the first time I heard it, I couldn't even believe the solution is so simple. And I started to experiment. In six month time, my cholesterol went down. I started to feel great. And I started to share, you know, a lot of this experience with people around me. And well, this this is where this whole thing began really for me. So, you know, you we, we can get into Mars and things like that in a little bit. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're an expansive thinking person. And what I, I think sometimes is fascinates me is what do you think it is in human beings that, um, you know, you said yourself like a few little tweaks here and there in your life and you could, 
sort of address this this problem, right? It's not cancer. It's not something sort of out of that ability. Yeah. What do you think yeah. it is in humans that makes it so difficult? Because, you know, you can go to the doctor. People can have heart problems and they go, hey, listen, I have a good yeah. idea to stop smoking. And people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm curious. Yeah. You've sort of thought your mind you know, mm-hmm. beyond to the, to the yeah. planets and back. Yeah. But what is it in people, do you think, that holds them from saying, oh, this feels important. I can make a little change here and a little change there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's an interesting question. A few thoughts on that. Well, first of all, we're pretty lazy, you know, species. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the, well, the positive side of that. We're just trying to be efficient, right? There's no need to burn your energy if you don't need to. So that's, that's kind of one thing. The other thing is, is that, and this is why governments are always aware of healthcare problem, but never really focused on solving them because health is always important, but never urgent. And government and we always try to deal with you know, urgent problems or urgent and important problems. So therefore, it's, we always kind of deprioritize that. So Gabby and the, and, and the audience, you would think about examples of the people who changed their life in terms of their like healthy lifestyle. It's very likely was a, a you know, huge wake-up call in the form of significant and radical deterioration of their own health or you know, someone that they love. So that's the unfortunate reality. Just to bring it to the positive spin. So if you think about the agent trade, just imagine I want to change 1 billion lives, right? Uh, so you have three different levels that you can work on. So the one we talk already on, which is individual level, we're pretty lazy, we, we, we don't do that. So then the other one is government. And again, government always busy with, you know, important and uh, urgent and which is not healthcare. So then there's something in the middle called corporations. And this is what I like to work with corporations in, in US, in UK, all over the world, because it's a hierarchical organization. And if you got buy-in from CEO and head of people, I mean, you basically done. So that's why my largest longevity at work program that I've done with, the, with financial institution, I couldn't use their name, was 300,000 people in 20 plus countries. And it's amazing how many things you can do in terms of creating longevity and kind of healthy environment in the office and pre-COVID. How was the compliance, like working with that many in a corporate environment? And I understand like, oh, the boss, and I don't know if it was like threats and bribes, like you get, you know, Mm -hmm. but was there, were you finding sort of a greater compliance than let's say maybe in general population? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So when and yeah, exactly. And but do you um, think it's also just, the, the group? Like, if you and I are workmates, I look over and you're like, "Hey, did you da 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 today?" And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, Sergey, yeah. okay." Do you think all it was everyone collectively on that same page? Exactly. And then coming back to your question and example on quitting smoking, I just went. I think it was a couple of months ago. I went to the CEO floor. And the head of uh, people, she pointed out to one guy in the open space, and she said, he's our hero. He, in the course of six months, he managed to quit smoking, but he also to managed to unite another 18 people. And they all went through Alan Carr you know, program, and they now they just don't smoke. So this is how it works. Well, the other thing is just choice of one, right? If you go to your 
you know, kitchen app on your floor. And if you don't have sugar, you don't have sweets, you have just, you know, nice vegetables and fruits, I mean, you're likely to take it, right? Small of the things like Google do is they do have sugar drinks in the fridge, but it's, you know, in the shadow, right? And it's not visible from the outside. The only thing is you can see right outside is water. So that's just people switching to the default choice, but I'm very excited. And again, because it's part of my mission, it's all for free. So people, when I come to organization, they, they do know that, you know, I'm not charging anything for that. You know, all I need is 100,000 souls, you know, for people to be mentally and physically healthy. And then, you know, they will probably do good things to their kids, to their parents, to their loved ones, and to communities that they can influence. So that's my you know, chain of influence, if you want. When you were growing up in this remote part of Russia, yeah. your parents, like, you know, what was your, what was your father's occupation? Mm. Where did you get this yeah. spirit of not only venturing and doing all these different things, but also um, mm. this idea of helping, you know, I mean, listen, you can, the business that you're in, you can be incredibly profitable, it yeah, feels to me that the idea is, hey, we that's going to work itself out. Let's help each other yeah. now. Where, yeah. Where are your yeah. parents? Where did you get that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think it was pretty difficult childhood. And then when I moved to Moscow to start my study at university, six months later, Perestroika came. And it was not my parents supporting me. It was me supporting my kind of parents and younger brother. So funny enough, you know, I was on the way just to make money. You know, initially just from, you know, making sure I have something to eat, right? And somewhere to live. And my kind of parents and their health, you know, is okay. And I can support them in the difficult days. And, um, but then I think it's all started again five years ago when I met guys like Peter Diamantis, Tony Robbins, and they've been super influential because my thought was, well, I just want to change 1 million lives. And, and I remember Peter Diamandis, he was like, Sergey, come on, just imagine the incremental effort. If you shoot like for 1 million or for 1 billion, it doesn't really matter. You're going to be doing the same thing, but your impact is like 1,000 times higher. And uh, I thought, okay, well, this is great. I also like Peter's definition. Peter is a good friend of mine. And I, I spent a lot of time in LA working with XPRIZE Foundation, who's uh, based, uh, based in, in Calvary City. And um, he said, well, the new definition of billionaire if someone who changed 1 billion lives. And I like this definition. I mean, I'm at the point of my life where it doesn't really matter for me where my, sorry for the S, gonna be flying in economy, in business class or in the private jet. I mean, it's, it's the same 900 kilometers per hour. That's it. So why do I need to you know, fight for incremental million dollars you know, for my bank account when I can, change the world. So that's, that's a little bit idealistic, but um, yeah, that's, that's the picture which I have in my and mind. You have now, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. Cause I think sometimes, you know, when we're out in the world and we're trying to be our best and also help the world that we live in, you have four children, right? Yeah. Okay. So do you ever find the conflict and this is more, I'm a mother, I have three daughters, but the conflict between serving the world and also trying to find that gentle balance with your children. I mean, you clearly have a lot of energy, you're a positive person, but the amount of effort it takes to go out and kick that much ass in the world. Yeah. How are you calibrating that? Yeah. 
And that's the interesting thing. So I'm, I'm, one of the best things that you can give to your kids is just you know, serve as a role model. I mean, you probably know this better than mine. I'm so lucky to have my wife, Lisa. She's, she's taking good care of kids, but I'm also spending a lot of time. So like, you know, every evening, 8.30 p.m., I'm at home because I, you know, I'm putting them to bed. I'm telling them, you know, stories. And uh, I'm actually, the latest uh, development is like, what are the five things that you're the most grateful for? I'm asking, you know, this is what I'm asking them. So I do think that leading by example in showing them fulfilled, realize happy mother and father is sometimes is more important than just spending nominal hours for them. Of course, you shouldn't go to the extreme. It's not like, you know, you just don't work on your career and your development. You just spend 100% on kids. And again, the other extreme is pretty bad when you just spend your hours in the office, you die like, you know, Japanese, you know, office manager in, in age of 90 on the office floor. So this is not great. So, well, there is a balance and I'm trying to involve them in just a lot of activities. So they come to my office, they work with me on, you know, I'm doing this smaller book called Longevity for Kids, because this is where the principles of healthy living are instilled in our lives. So I think the balance is just for them to be interested in what I'm doing, rather than for me just trying to spend the hours for them. Yeah, because it's it's hard. And when I was researching what you were doing, I, I'm like, I wonder how Sergey is balancing it. So let's kind of move over. You ha- you've divided, you know, in, in a really seamless way, this idea of like what's available to us now, what might be available yeah. in five to 10 years. And, and then going on, you call them these horizons. Mm-hmm. And, um, and before we get into that, this is something that's on my mind a lot about self-care. And it often mm-hmm. feels like the people, and I know that you want this to be accessible, and that's why I'm bringing this up. It often feels mm-hmm. like the people who need it the most. Maybe, you know, you feel like, and maybe you can relate to this because you said it wasn't easy for you growing up. Mm-hmm. People who were born maybe in an environment that didn't have good examples, access yeah. to, the, to the good stuff. Maybe it was hard. Maybe it was really about survival. And then they get thrown mm-hmm. into adulthood, and it feels like, they don't get that real knowledge or information, or it's such the struggle just to keep the lights mm-hmm. on that um, I guess I'm always interested in how, how are we trying to help them? Because that cycle where, mm-hmm. you know, okay, the people who can afford it, they have access mm-hmm. to it, and then they feel better, their health is better. It's all of that upcycle for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So maybe when, when you talk about these horizons, mm-hmm. if you were also maybe saying this to somebody who was really just keeping their nose above mm-hmm, in the air, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just in that part, in horizon one, maybe yeah, the simple yeah. things that people could realistically do. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So uh, before we go on into horizons, um, I think if someone or, you know, me wants to make a huge change in the world, there's always, there's always a paradigm that you need to kind of define. And then your initial take is that, well, our healthcare system is not working, it's super expensive, it's inefficient, well, let's change that. So that's that's really easy decision to make, but it's like super difficult to do, right? And we've seen it. There's, yeah. And uh, so then my second thought was, well, look at this pay, at the pace which technology is progressing. And, you know, look at the, enormous exponential decrease of cost, which 
technology brings to us, including healthcare as well. So my my second thought was, oh, okay, well, let me not to try to fight with giants on my own. Well, let me kind of support the development of technology because if this can be done, well, think about you know, cell phones. 20, 25 years ago, it was like $10,000 a piece. Only rich guys you know, could afford uh, that. Right now, I mean, if, if you go to Shenzhen Electronic Market, you know, just up from 15 minutes from Hong Kong, it's like $9 per smartphone. And together with XPRIZE, we've done Global Union XPRIZE, uh, funded by Elon Musk uh, for $15 million, and it was awarded last year. And they used tablets to give to kids in Tanzania and Kenya, which were like $30 each. And the kid can learn Swahili or English in 12 months with zero adult support. Well, that's amazing. You know, I want to make a lot of people literate in Africa or in, in our prisons for $30 a piece, right? Uh, so that's that's the, this is the concept, right? So I'm not necessarily the best fighter with the current healthcare system. And I do believe the change will come not from us doing the same thing better. The change will come from us and new players doing completely different thing and therefore bringing a new way. So, well, let's talk about Horizon. Horizons. So horizon number one. Yeah, yeah. Go I on, think please. what you just said, though, is so important, though, because we have a tendency to keep going in one direction and then feeling overwhelmed. And I think you could apply that concept to any yeah. part of your life. I think that's a very important point. So thank you. So, yeah. Okay, so horizon one. Yeah, because, uh, well, the reason just continuing on that, I have McKinsey trauma. So I used to work in, uh, in strategy consulting in McKinsey and company for four years. So one of the things that you learn that if everyone uh, doing the same thing, just try to think asymmetrical. So what can be different, right? And it's not necessarily only in terms of, you know, creating competition or, you know, try to win in, in mutually exclusive game. It can be very complementary to what are the other things that people are already doing. So just let's come back to the horizon. So uh, that's the funny thing. And, and actually all these three horizons is the, one, is the reason why I want to live to 200 years. Because a few years ago, when I started about living to 100 years and sharing my cholesterol experience, I mean, that's a lot of boring stuff. So people said, ah, oh, okay, Sergey, we've heard this before, like diet, meditation, act of kindness, physical exercise, quitting smoking. My mother told me that. So like, so then I thought, okay, okay, I'll have one, horizon one, which is what you can do now. We'll come back to this in a second. So I, I said, okay, we're going to live to 150 years. So that's, this is where horizon two developed. And this was actually the thing behind the idea of longevity vision fund. So I kind of thought, okay, what if we invest in technologies, which would support our living to 150 years and they're going to be available to us in the next five, 10, 15 years. So that's horizon two. Well, that's tomorrow. But to enjoy these technologies in 10 years from now, you need to survive. Your body and mind need to be in a healthy state, which is worth extending you know, its resources rather than try to extend your mediocre stage, right? An outdated stage. So then, you know, people thought, okay, well, this is great, Sergey, but 150, it's not a round number, but it's it's almost like 120 that the oldest person lived in the world. She was French and she was smoking by you know, until the age of 117, by the way. And um, she was really lucky in genetic lottery. I mean, that's that's actually what happened. 
And I, then I developed this horizon number three, which is really far away, visionary thing, 25, 50 years from now, then we will enjoy you know, human avatars. Our brain will be integrated with artificial intelligence. We can replace our organs you know, as much as possible. And you know, our body is going to be full of sensor internet body. So just coming back to affordability and accessibility piece of that. So horizon one is a very affordable thing because to do 10,000 steps a day, you don't need to, to invest in anything. I would you know, suggest people to invest in variable because variables are becoming our, it's not fitness tracker anymore. It's our personalized healthcare devices. So that's, that's one, you know, to do, change your diet. If you look at the statistics, your if you switch on, you know, mostly plant-based diets, you save somewhere on $900 uh, per household per year because vegetables, you can really brand vegetables yeah. So, I mean, they, they're all pretty expensive. They're tasty. They're very healthy for our body. And, uh, you know, doing the walks and meditation, human being doesn't need to have anything like Muse. I love Muse, right? For meditation or by application, you just sit in a calm space and then just reflex, you relax, etc. So Horizon One is very affordable thing. And this is where the most of our efforts should come, you know, today and in the next five and 10 years. With only exception is, it's super important to do early diagnostic of killer diseases, which are heart disease, cancer. Well, that's like 50% of the deaths for the people above 50 years old. And frankly speaking, the cost of this diagnostic, because of the overwhelming use of artificial intelligence and uh, early cancer diagnostic kits, just decreasing exponentially. Is it Lena or Lina? Forgive me, I don't know if I'm saying yeah, yeah, Lina is, is uh, artificial intelligence uh, algorithm. So, for example, I mean, you've just done MRI or, you know, scan to test whether you have, like, early-stage cancer. So, human doctor spends, like, 15 minutes to go through that. And uh, the success rate for human doctor unsupported by artificial intelligence is 38%. So, when you combine doctor and artificial intelligence, it takes them four seconds not 15 minutes, and success rate is 98, 99%. So that's amazing. We, can, we have an opportunity to bring human element back to our conversations with our therapists and with our doctors. That's amazing. And well, and the most important thing for me, so some of the most expensive cancer treatment is, is millions of dollars. Early stage diagnostic for like colon cancer for the from Freenom, the company that we invested recently, I don't know what's going to be their price point. It's, it's probably somewhere between $200 and $400, right? And then what is more important, if you catch cancer at stage one, at early stage, your recovery rates for five main cancer types is from 93 to 100% these days. So that's amazing opportunity to survive. So that's Horizon 1 is about early cancer diagnostic, you know, obviously not smoking, you know, great diet, you know, mostly plant-based, physical exercise and, you know, peace of mind, which is sleeping well, you know, doing meditation and, you know, doing act of kindness. So that's horizon one. Okay. One thing's for sure is I have learned you can do so many things from home, including skincare. I know it sounds kind of fancy, personalized skincare right from home, but with Rory, you can get a brand new skincare routine crafted just for you without leaving the comfort of your home or you know, being in quarantine, whatever you want to think. So dullness, redness, fine lines, whatever. You got breakouts, 
Rory's there for you. It's a digital health clinic just for women that can help treat all your skincare concerns. And it's getting started is so simple. All you do is complete a free online consultation at hellorory.com. That's H-E-L-L-O-R-O-R-Y.com. Put in slash Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed healthcare professional within 24 hours. Okay, if it's appropriate, they'll prescribe a personalized skincare treatment plan that works just for you, and they have free two-day shipping. Rory, they'll be with you every step of the way, so you can always have access to their healthcare professionals for questions, or if you need to make changes to your treatment. There are no commitments, and you can cancel any time. So just head to hellorory.com slash Gabby and try out your personalized treatment for just $5. That's hello, Rory, H-E-L-L-O-R-O-R-Y.com slash Gabby for a free consultation and $5 for your first order. Hello, Rory.com. Put in slash Gabby. Try out your personalized treatment for just $5. I really appreciate it when a company is born because people aren't getting or seeing what they want out there. And that's exactly what happened with Blue Blocks. The co-founders weren't really thrilled with the quality and lack of science behind leading blue light blocking glasses. So they decided to go ahead and create blue blocks. Uh, They're backed by the latest science and they're made under optic laboratory conditions in Australia. And you'll understand how important that is later. I personally love them at night because as the sun's going down, I'm trying to figure out ways all the time. How do I get better sleep? And one of those ways is not to expose yourself to tons of bright light of any kind later in the day. So I like them at night. Maybe if I need to read or I want to look at my computer, I got them for my girls because they're, you know, on Zoom classes all day long. And you'd say, well, how can you guys both have them? Well, they've got 20 frame styles uh, in the latest fashions and trends. They can come in prescription, non-prescription, even readers, and maybe you've got a pair of frames that you're in love with already or your face is hard to fit, well, they can turn just about any pair of glasses into custom blue blockers. So if you want to learn more and see all the great styles that they have, go ahead and head to blueblockstoday, that's .com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And if you use the code Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y, at checkout, not only are they offering you 15% off, but they are giving you free shipping. And like I said, they're all the way in Australia. So that is a real value. Blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. Remember the code Gabby at checkout for your discount. Hey guys, it's me, Christelle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Bumo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being Bumo at applepodcast.com slash beingbumo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go. See you guys soon. Do you have any practice yourself or with your children? Because I think that technology in its own way kind of eats us alive, our attention, distraction, Mm. you know, it's a time suck. It's like, do you have anything implemented in place in your own life that um, helps you govern it yourself or at least for your family? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we work a lot on this for kids and for ourselves. And I've been, it was in the end of last year, I've been at home in Silicon Valley, one of the richest guys on earth. And uh, funny enough, his kids 
have 20 minutes a day with smartphone time. That's it, right? And this person obviously is, is you know, has pretty heavy exposure to, you know, high-tech sector, right? So they're the guys who, who are producing that. And I'm not trying to be judgmental. This is just a fact. Right? I went to a technology gathering with all the mm. people who make all the stuff. And yeah. every single one of them, either their children were not allowed or they had heavy limitations and restrictions. So yeah. it isn't, yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's a really heavy push and pull in the space mm. because we know it's set up, you know, like the slot machine. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. Like, yeah. But it's funny because yeah. when you talk to those people, they're like, oh, yeah, no. We don't, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. So I just wonder, because this is personally something where my husband and I are always mm. trying to navigate mm. With mm. or battle with our children, you know, our yeah. kids are pretty yeah. big. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, no war, you know, I don't spend time on social media. I was so blessed to have like a separate team. And it was like the first thing that I invested in because, you know, when I start to be on social media, you know, it just sucks up my time. And right now, my life is so interesting that, you know, I don't need to be like on Instagram or on Facebook. So that's great. I'm obviously looking through, you know, all the posts. And this is my language, right? It comes from my heart and people feel that. But, you know, apart from that, you know, I, I think changing life around you is, is much more important and fruitful rather than observing life, you know, in, in social media. So that's one thing. The other thing we obviously like, you know, when we're at home after 9 p.m., I just, we just kind of switch this off and that's it. And I, you know, and, and I don't do, <clears throat> I have, de you know, detox Saturdays. I'm pretty bad with that because you have this fear of missing out. Yeah. I just spoke to I, one of the guys I'm, I had an interview with uh, is a guy, Patrick, uh, I forgot his name. I think it's Patrick McGuinness, uh, who invented fear of you know, missing out. Uh, uh -huh. And uh, it was a lot of fun, but uh, you know, I'm trying hard and, uh how old your oldest child? So my oldest one, I mean, he's 21. He spends his time in Japan. So he's he like completely split off. Yeah, when they, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, when they turn 18, I give them money for education, healthcare, and I'm buying them a small flat. And I'm saying like, guys, well, this is your life. I mean, it's easier to say than to do it, but well, nevertheless. Any so, daughters? I do, yeah, so I do. <laughs> so my then, Timothy is nine. Paulina is six and uh, Massimo, uh, Maxime, uh, he's two. And uh, I'm, I'm so blessed. I, I, you know, I have one daughter, which, you know, great. It, it works amazing with, you know, between father and, and daughters. And, uh, you know, we, we implemented a pretty strict policy at our home in terms of preventing them to spend time with, uh, with Gadget. So, okay, so let, we can go and now. That was Horizon so, 1. Yep. So Horizon 2, you say this is maybe in five to 10 years. So yeah. let's keep our act together so we can really start to benefit from the things that will mm. become available to us. And I did hear you talk about an interesting idea about like certain things that you were investing maybe in Japan where they're maybe, I don't want to say more open to the idea, but just more comfortable with the idea of integrating AI and, you know, mm. yeah. maybe... Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, I mean, so Horizon One is my longevity at work program. And this is really the mission because I want the people to change their habits today and tomorrow, not to wait for longevity in the pill, which will come in 10, 15 years, probably earlier than that. 
so that's that's kind of one. This is my personal passion. Horizon two is this is where Investral and GVT Vision Fund, and we have small portion. And Horizon two is is just for the benefit of the audience. It's just like genome therapy, genome editing, stem cells, air based diagnostic, you know, drug discovery organ regeneration, uh, et cetera. So we do a lot of cool things there. And then Horizon 3, I'm waiting for this with combination of excitement and fear. I couldn't really imagine living myself in the world of you know, avatars. Like it's just another version of Matrix. You know, having said that, I don't think I'm going to be the guy who's going to define how the future will like, you know, the only guy who's going to define, and my agreement or disagreement with that will mean a lot. So we, we, we were trying to invest in, in uh, human avatars, which is basically our kind of replacement or the opportunity to send something like a base to the Mars or to the South Pole and, you know, just, you know, have this one hour experience just staying at your, you know, Santa Monica or in any other home place. And um, it was a lot of interesting conversations. And, and there's two types of avatars that you can have in this world. We initially thought we're going to be investing in robotic avatars, which is basically a robot, which, you know, transfer, you know, all the thing that, you know, it can sense to your eyes, kind of smell, you know, the way you touch. And, and um, so we were looking at three companies like that. And the lightest one was a company called Teleexistent. I spoke with the father of human avatars, Professor Tachi from Tokyo University. He invented it back in 1980. And uh, funny enough, we didn't invest in any because what we discovered that technologies to bring us the digital avatar solution are much more advanced now. So I think fortunate or unfortunate reality that in, in 25 to 50 years time, it's going to be much easier to create a digital version of ourselves rather than material and robotic version of ourselves. And I don't know if you've seen that. There was, uh, I think it was early this year, and last time I checked, this video got 20 million views on YouTube. It's, it's a video of South Korean mother who lost her daughter in the age of five. And the company that she hired has been working on, for two years on recreating a digital avatar version of her girl. So to, they luckily, I mean, she had a, a lot of kind of photos, you know, media content. So they say, so they, they give her an opportunity to meet her in, uh, in a digital world. It's eight minutes video. I'm farther or four. I could hardly, you know, watch until the end of the first minute. I was just crying. It's very emotionally intense experience. It just shows you that what about something more positive? What about, you know, I miss the opportunity to have once a month conversation with my grandfather, right? Who died 25 years ago, but just to draw on his wisdom, his sense of humor, or hear the stories from my, my grandma, how it was scary when Stalin was alive and there was a lot of repressions and then, and, or the story that, she was from the old aristocrat family. And for 50 years living with my grandfather, she never told him that because she was afraid. She was just living with her secret for 50 years. She was afraid that they will send her and him to prison or the camp, right? You know, I miss that. So I do believe that 
recreating you know our kids in in digital environment is a bit overstretched but just to transfer the wisdom between and among generations might be you know interesting thing to work on so sergey sometimes when i like i step back and i look at all of this this landscape a little bit and i do feel at times that the smartphone is almost training us for this type of relationship with devices and technology mm. yeah I'm also very interested in like our natural biology because no matter how quickly technology is moving, no matter, I don't care how quick it's moving on some really fundamental level, we're still a biological, you know, being what we've been for so long. Right. And there's certain things, whether it's, you know, when you hug your children or you eat food or sleep or look at the sun with your eyes, these give us, real things, right? And so I'm always fascinated where maybe the fact that we're living, whatever, 70 to 100 years makes life, there's an urgency to life. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, we got to get up and make it happen because we're not going to be here for so long. Yeah, yeah. When you talk about the 200 years, and of course, I'm I'm fascinated, is do you ever think that then we'll just, because I know that there's a lot of conversation about you know, universal income and we can re, you know, kind of refocus mm, yeah, our, yeah, our energy yeah, into yeah. making the world a better place. Do you think that might be your nature, but when you, that's your nature. But sometimes I wonder yeah. if we give, do we think that that's going to be people's nature? Of course. Well, that's, that's a great question. And uh, well, I agree with you. We have fear of missing out and fear of that. So that's why time is squeezed and we're trying to rush into the things in our life. Well, the other interesting you know, piece of statistic is that when you ask people in U.S. and U.K., I've seen two studies, only 15% of people want to be immortal or have a radical longevity. And only 35, like one third you know, of people who would have an opportunity to extend their life would you know, take this opportunity. And that's alarming. So for the first time I've heard this, I was in Vatican with uh, Tony Robbins, Peter Diamantis, Kerry Perry. Uh, so when Peter asked people like, who's, who's, who went, and, and it was like regenerative medicine conference, right? This is the people the closest to life extension. He was like, who wants to live to 150? And I was like, okay, I thought like it's going to be 100%. And you see like 15% of people, you're like, oh my God. So what I realized a few years ago, I started like as, as, pretty idealistic, unconditional optimist of life extension. I'm not a big fan of immortality, but I mean, I will take it apart, uh, of radical life extension. And what I realized, I'm actually working on TED Talk at the moment called Morality of Immortality. And the main topic is, unless we change the world, I don't want to you know, expand the capacity of you know, myself and people around to suffer more. And, and there's so many things that we need to fix. I mean, it's just this whole you know, division uh, I mean, between you know, rich and poor, uh, it's just really awful. So unless we fix it in a way and, and you know, raising taxes, universal you know, basic income, you know, making a lot of things affordable and accessible for everyone, equal opportunities, uh, a lot of diversity. So that's one thing. Well, we think about people of North Korea. What if they will have the immortal, beloved leader? This is yeah, this is just awful life. Uh, or what about our cross-generational responsibility? Today, 
we have an I'm not saying we've taken this opportunity, but we have a you know opportunity to draw plastic in the ocean and think, oh, okay, my kids and grandkids are gonna be much, much clever and more technological, they will sort it out, right? But you're gonna live with the outcome of your irresponsible actions. Or what about social paradigm? Two-thirds of uh, marriages in US are going through divorce in the first five, seven years. You know, how are we going to raise our kids if we all live, you know, 200 years? And, uh, well, yeah. I was laughing so, when I, when again, when I was getting ready for this conversation, I, I've been with my husband, I'm 50, and I've been with my husband for almost 25 years, like in a month. And I was like, and I love my husband a, a lot. But I'm like, sweetie, who can be married for like 170 years yeah. you know, or yeah. 175 yeah. years? And he looked at me like, what do you mean? And I thought, how many yeah. times can I hear that joke? Or how many times could you yeah. listen to this yeah. story? Of course, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, when I think about the 200 years, it's like, okay, wait a second. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, but I, I mean, I, I, I understand like the time and bringing experience and wisdom. If we come with this idea of enhancing, uplifting, you know, participating, it could, but sometimes I see with human nature, it, it can go kind of either way. Of course. But I mean, this change is already happening, right? Look at divorce statistics, right? Or look at Iceland, you know, 70% of kids there, well, because of the great social system as well, uh, I mean, are born without the marriage, right? And they kind of happy mothers and happy fathers. I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting to make this change. It's already happening, right? And uh, well, but that's that's the interesting thing for us to, to solve. And again, 200 years, is my way to catch people's attention and to make sure after they heard about Horizon 3 and excitement of Horizon 2, they have a reason to work on Horizon 1. It's completely irresponsible promise today, but well, this is the, my way to catch their attention and finally you know, make sure that while we're working on a lot of amazing technologies, you know, I just want to make sure that we're all healthy and happy today. So uh, this is in your... In your uh you know, kind of travels and talking to all these people, there are, I have um, already an artificial knee and, um, you know, just from repetitive motion. And um, mm-hmm. is there any conversation around, cause you know, your teeth, like your back teeth really only were kind of built to survive about 35 or 40 years. That's why the back, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. they're always yeah. breaking in and things. So skin joints and like your teeth, is it just something that we'll just have to work out as we go? Or, I mean, has there been any? Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea, question. Like, Because you even said it, like, let's just keep it together so we can gain the benefits of what, mm-hmm. what options we might have. I mean, I, I certainly try to live like that. But I started thinking last night, I was like, what about your joints? And what about this? Yeah. So I think with exception of teeth. Uh, so if you look, so I obviously... You know, I work not only with, you know, startups and entrepreneurs, but also a lot with academics. And, and longevity is, you know, the most amazing environment to work with. Everyone is so kind of supportive and, and positive and, you know, complementing each other. So if you look to majority of experiments with uh, anti-aging, the positive side effect of this is, you know, our skin getting better our joints working better. So the, the, the whole, you know, external appearance thing and uh, 
all these systems in our body is actually you know starting to work better as well. So when, when we talk about, so we're talking about you know different like 10 hallmarks of aging. We talk about different theories of aging, but every time I look at scientific experiment, which usually the source of particular startup, the you know it's like you know, the favorite question from male part of the population. So what about our kind of great gray hair? And if you look at you know, mice, no, you know what favorites uh, favorites uh, questions uh, are about wine and coffee. Yeah. So that, that this is the equation, and I'm saying like if you look at you know animals when age reversing has been experiment has been done, they all look better. They they look young. So I mean we're gonna sort it out, and it's gonna be positive byproduct of you know much more fundamental solution to reversing aging mechanism inside our body. Do they, and I'm only taking advantage because you're sitting in front of me, you know, you hear so much about, oh, we obviously know the cell function, mitochondria, these things are highly important, but, um, you know, telomeres. I've heard it a million times, like, oh, keeping your telomeres long, stopping your telomeres. Is there any validity? Do we, I mean, is there any real academic? Yeah, yeah, of course. Look, funny now, I was just reading yeah, until the midnight, the chapter in my book dedicated to hallmarks of aging and, and theories of aging. There is no unified theory of aging. We have a number of hypotheses, right? So in a way, telomeres, epigenetic changes, you know, genetic uh, predisposition, the role of uh, external factors. They all, I mean, it's all hypotheses and we don't know the truth. There's obviously the number of research which supports, you know, epigenetic changes theory or telomere approach. But still, you know, we just, we need to uh, run much more difficult and lengthy research to support one one on another. Well, the other thing, it's 100% likely that it's combination of different factors. Because if human health and longevity will be dependent from one or two things, mother nature, or us human beings, we would just sort it out in just you know a couple of generations. So this hasn't happened. Uh, so we've, it's very likely that we need to influence number of hallmarks through number of interventions. But you know some of the things I was just reflecting of how many things has changed already in the last 10, 20 years for us in terms of you know being in a position to influence our longevity to add you know, 10, 20 extra healthy and happy years to our life. And then there's so many things that, that we have. So we, we now, cancer is not kiss of death anymore. It's still very dangerous disease. And, but we right in the middle of this victory. We, we now have, you know, longevity in the pill candidates like metformin uh, or apomycin. Metformin is generic drug. And actually we're working with New Barzillai from American Federation of Aging Research to start a, a huge multi-thousand people metformin uh, trial. And uh, you know what? Placebo costs you more than metformin, right? I mean, you shouldn't take it. You should ask your doctor before you take it. But that's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that in five to 10 years from now, we'll have, you know, certain drug intervention to change that. You know, organ can be regenerated these days. We just invested in a company called Lygenesis. They use our lymph nodes to regrow liver. And they start with kidney, with you know, thymus. Uh, this is just amazing. The, the cost of liver transplantation will go down 20, 25 times 
and imagine you know how we how we can help all these people who just you know sitting and waiting and suffering waiting month and sometimes year for their donor liver to arrive and uh and on all this technology you know remember my story about human brain ai integration in horizon 3 in 25 to 50 years from now look at peaks presented by elon like a month ago well that's amazing development i would you know i was not expecting that so we obviously on the right track in terms of our ability to manage and face this beautiful breakthroughs in the next well say let's say 10 15 years but again we just need to be healthy right and and you talk about that in the horizon one and just to be very clear when you say you know early detection but you what you're saying is get your checkup and then i think you know it was sort of like you know once every two years and then at about 45 kind of kick it up to about one year yeah. every year right. yeah. um so Let's just change lanes for a second about the, uh, you know, I always love like the comic book aspect to people who are really into science and everyone wants to go to Mars. And part of me, like as a, I don't know, like part of me looks at it and goes, okay, we live in a place with perfect amount of water, gravity, you know, it's all like very friendly here. And everyone's like, let's go to Mars. And I know that our world is probably overpopulated, so I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Or is it just that, like <laughs> when you were kids and you were reading your comic book, we're like, yeah, let's get out there, you know? So you have a real idea or, and you are connected to a lot of people where this is a, is an interesting, you know, focus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Look, Mars is is no big deal. So imagine, uh, you know, my dream to live 200 years will come true. I mean, in 50 years time, it's going to be like, you know, Uber to Mars, if you want. So that's one. <clears throat> well, the other thing, if you look at, uh, I think Elon Musk has this beautiful article or white paper he published a few years ago called Making Humans Multiplanetary Species. And it's it just amazing reading. I don't know if you've seen that. When you read this, you're like so proud that these people exist in the world. Okay, so so the problem with Mars, you need to, to have like two or three years to go back and forth. I mean, we obviously need to solve a lot of problems. So if I'm living 75, right? You know, I have four kids, I'm busy. You know, my retirement is intentional. I don't have three years to, you know, just to excuse myself from this planet and come back to and, and uh, see my family. So in a way... When we're going to be living 150 and 200 years, it's just becoming like, uh, you know, people who just went to Antarctica and Antarctica 200 years ago or like 100 years ago. Well, that's the same thing. It's just exploration. It's discovery. And and then, I mean, you have a right saying, kids, you know, I'm going to be in two years time. Don't worry. I'm going to call you. We're going to have this Zooms, you know, and uh, here's my avatar if you want. Uh, to have a bit of my wisdom, I'm going to be uploading my kind of new thoughts and reflections every month or so. Uh, so in a way, for me, it's, it's just kind of a nice byproduct of us being able to live substantially longer and realize our dream. So I went to South Pole. I went to North Pole. The only reason I, you know, I didn't go to Everest, to highest mountain on Earth, is because the mortality rate is five to six percent depending on the season, and I do think that statistically, it just it's it's contradicts my passive longevity theme in Horizon One. Just don't do stupid things. So for me, Mars is just you know it's okay. This will come. But this is also maybe part, and I appreciate this if I reframe it this way. 
it's the dreaming, it's the expansive, it's going beyond it's yeah. what's out there. And I think even saying, hey, let's live to 200 years is, a, is the same version of that. What is your given last name? Is it Young? I, I, uh, I couldn't tell you, okay, that's- but it's different. I've created this second persona yeah. to change the world. Right. And the, and the problem is, and I'm very upfront about this, so I'm not hiding this. You come to U.S., and they were like, oh, you're Russian. You know, uh, what about this? What about this? What about sanctions? So you end up with having all this political conversation. So rather than me telling you, well, here's a beautiful opportunity to make our world better. Here's technology which can save so many lives. Here's the thing which can give us another you know, 10 healthy and happy years in our life. People just end up with repeating you know, CNN news. And what I can offer, right, is spending first 30 minutes of every new conversation on these political things. It's like it's equivalent for me of having, you know, spending my time on social media. So I don't do that. And I thought, young, okay, I should take this as it create another persona. I've created that. And it was like one of the most amazing things in my life. Yeah, I love it. When I saw it, I was like, either way, it's perfect. If you said to me, um, and I can tell you mine, but if you said, um, hey, these are these are the things just as a person, mm. as a human being, as a spirit, that you're you obviously came into the world with a certain level of positive orientation. You have you yeah, were, it's yeah. yeah, I'm super yeah, positive. Like when you yeah. see certain when we talk about genetics too, it's like certain people, they're just they can they're that way. Like they'll figure it out. What is the practice or the the thing that you're doing in your own life, because we all have things that we're working on that, um, you know, mm. maybe it's hardwiring from a childhood or, or something that also makes us great, but it also is the thing that's hard for us. What, what is there something that you're doing and how do you manage that to keep arriving at this level of uh, hard work, output, optimism, um, is there something that you do that um, helps you kind of mm. manage, stay on top of? Because we all, none of us just like wake up every day and like, oh, it's all roses. I mean, and you seem to be doing a good job, but is there something you do, a practice or something? So uh, two things. Well, before I, I tell you this thing, I agree with you. So one of my favorite things from Jonathan Hyde called uh, happiness hypothesis. And uh, what he says that it's basically a review of you know, different happiness uh, theories. What he says that our level of positive disposition pretty much defined by about 50% and the rest you can kind of try to work out through your life. So I do believe in that. I was born, you know, as a super positive guy and um, I like that. Um, so then two things. One is just recognizing that whatever happens today, the sense of gratitude that you can develop. And, and this is the ritual that I do with my kids I already mentioned. So what are the five things that I'm the most grateful for today? And what all you need is just, you know, touch your heart. And for one or two minutes, you know, think about your wife, you know, your kids, your opportunity to make change today. And in fact, you're alive. I mean, you have some food, you have place to sleep. Um, oh, I mean, that's already a blessing for me. So this is what I do every day. And, and funny enough, when you train this emotional you know, muscle, you know, 
after you know first few months, I mean, it's just it's just becoming part of your life. It's like hardwired. So that's one. Well, the other super important part of it that you need to be healthy. You need to you know make sure that you're taking a good care of your body and mind. So you know, obviously, if you eat a lot of meat, you don't eat vegetables. I'm not against meat, right? But I mean, if you heavily plant-based, your know, meat and fish is, is complements. Yes. If you don't poison yourself with sugar and, and sugar things or, you know, processed food, uh, you, you have bigger energy. You have more capacity to enjoy life and to make the change. So therefore, taking care of your body and mind well, almost like I can guarantee you, your, your level of happiness will increase by 25 to 75%. If you, you know, change your lifestyle, then there will just immediate release of a lot of positive you know, things and energy inside your body and mind. Does anything, you know, keep you up at night? Do you have something, you know, I, I have obviously, I'm always thinking about my children and I think certain other things, you know, you kind of wake up every day and you say, okay, I'm going to face it everything again. You know, I'm going to face the day. I'm going to face the world. But do you, is there anything in your mind that you, that kind of sometimes can, you know, chirp in your, the monkey brain a little bit? Yeah. Are you talking about fear? Yeah. I don't. Like a worrying thing, yeah, right? Like worries. It, but I think when someone sees someone like you, who is so, is so mm -hmm. robust and like, Hey, we've got this. Um, they wonder like, hey, does he have anything he's wrestling, you know? <laughs> yes, I do. Look, I mean, fear of losing my family, my kids, it's like the biggest fear that I have. I mean, they, you know, I just love them. Right? And uh, yes, exactly. And and this is, I think it's uh, just coming back to your earlier point that we, we, we are part of the mother nature. And for a million years, you know, we were wired to, to live uh, through our fears as well. So that's, you know, my fear. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm trying to, well, that's, that's the beauty of meditation. Uh, my level of, you know, worries specifically during the night became much, much less than when you manage to learn how to switch off this internal kind of negative voice inside your brain uh, when you're just on your own. So that's, that was, you know, pretty important uh, for me as well. You're at the end of the day, you've been a lot of things, but ultimately you are an entrepreneur. I mean, you're, you know, yeah, exactly. and there, and, and in this time with COVID, um, I feel like that people are stepping back going, well, this would be my time to try to take something on. And, you know, my husband and I are both out of necessity and also interest have been entrepreneurs. We've had businesses that have flopped. We've had, we just took a business public the, for the first time a week ago, the up and down, right? What is it for you as an entrepreneur when it starts to get hard and people aren't seeing what you're seeing? Yeah. You know, obviously your why is very strong. You've established that. You have a very real and sincere why. But what is the thing if you, if someone was, because people are so afraid to try because they're afraid to fail. Mm, mm, what is it mm, if you, mm. um, if you had a wisdom to share with somebody about being, you know, how you get up and face it, even when it's not going away. Yeah. What, what is that for you? Yeah, I, I had an opportunity to be in, in uh, to listen to Jeff Bezos uh, when he became uh, like the richest person on, on earth. And uh, I remember one phrase that he, he told 
to the audience. He said, we love failures at Amazon. So, and I think the, the piece of advice is, is just try to develop yourself into the state when you love failures, right? When you can learn from it. Just, and then, I mean, my obvious suggestion is, you know, not to do like a big bet, to do a lot of small bets because I'm an investor, so I'm diversifying. I, I even say I have diversified portfolio for kids, right? But if you, you know, do a little bit kind of uh, like portfolio of failures, you're learning your progression going to be amazing. And in the end of the day, I mean, we're all alive. We, again, we have some food, you know, we have, you know, beautiful families. So failure is just not a big deal. And then we, we also need to realize that, you know, dollars as a currency is not the only, you know, indicator of our success, right? So our internal satisfaction, you know, health, sense of purpose or our ability to fulfill our dreams, you know, also uh, important. So therefore, love failures. Well, the other beauty of winter season is that there's less competition, right? So every time when I'm like, oh my God, you know, I need to do it and it's super difficult, you know, all the you know, context is against that. I'm just thinking that it's just another hundred people sitting in their offices and homes and facing exactly the same issues. And what if you know 50 of them will decide not to proceed? That means that you know my, my competition intensity just really decreased. So I mean, I, I know it's kind of logical, you know, scheme of things, but in the end of the day, I mean it's an opportunity. And when I made these decisions in life, you know, I had a two to, you know, one to two chances to win while pre-crisis, it was, you know, one to 100. So that's a good chances. And obviously it's not going to be the same again. So less competition. When you see kind of, because there is like a fury and a kind of a chaos going on and I, I'm viewing it as a transition. Like, I feel like it's a breaking down of a system, a rebirth of a necessary system. Do you feel when you see it, do you feel like, are you feeling hopeful about once we get through some of this, there's a lot of friction and chaos, and what have you. Are you hopeful about what we'll be able to pull out of this? I am, yes. Well, partly because of technology, partly because of realization that whatever time you would think about in your adult life, you always thought that world is coming to an end. Right. There's always the sense of chaos, like, you know, we're really unsure about what future will bring us. So that's this is how we've been created by Mother Nature. And and this is what was multi, you know, amplified by you know current state of the media, right? I mean, for them to sell advertising, they couldn't really report the positive news. They need to shock you and they need to scare you. A little bit with my like 200 years thing. There are people like, what? 200 years. So then I got your attention, but I'm, you know, I'm hopefully using this for the you know, positive, non-monetary, world-changing thing. So they do the same. So therefore, I, my decision is I, I, I don't look at you know, Bloomberg, CNN, and I don't watch TV. I'm reading books and uh, you know, I'm enjoying myself. So in a way, I'm luckily unaware of what is happening in the US or in the world. I mean, not to the you know, extreme, but like, you know, I'm consuming probably two to 5% of 
of you know political news and like scary news which you know going around me okay so sergey your book comes out next summer the science and technology of growing young and uh where else do you like to connect with people so remember you remember my comment on the social media stuff so the easiest way to connect with me is, is to go to sergeyyank.com and sign up for newsletters. We we have a lot of exciting stuff. And actually, the mission of this website to share a lot of completely free information about longevity. So people who want to change their life tomorrow morning or today evening or to have a conversation with their partner or with their kids or with their co-workers about what does it mean to be healthy and happy to draw that. So there's so many beautiful uh, like infographics there. Uh, and uh, well, this, this one is uh, 10 longevity tips for, for kids. Yep. So we have this one. So feel free to take it, to share it. Uh, it's all meant to make the world and our life just a little bit better. Well, I really appreciate your time and uh, I can't wait to hear about your journey to Mars. (laughs) Thanks, Gabby. Thanks so much for listening. And if you'd like, rate, subscribe and leave us a review. All of my music was graciously done by Frank Zumo and Tom Thacker. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.